0: Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML.
1: Welcome to the Scott Radley Show for this Thursday evening. Glad you are along. On a day that honestly it's, um, you know, it's not always the case that a person who is 96 years old when they pass away, when you know that they've had difficult health and and you don't know the person personally, it's not always that you, you know, if they're just a celebrity that you feel something, I got to tell you, feel it's a sad day today. And I'm neither pro-monarchist, you know, like I'm not a diehard monarchist. I'm also not anti-monarchist. I'm, I am someone who simply has for all of my life watched Queen Elizabeth do her thing. And you realize, you know what? Um, it's a, it is a, it's something is different. And this was a person who I think did what she did honorably. And, um, Yeah, we're going to talk about that today because I think for many, many people, this is a, this is a moment, whether it's because you simply as a human being feel badly for her or whether it's because you are someone who loves the monarchy or whether it's because you can respect someone who does what they do as well as they can with dignity for as long as they can, whatever the reason. Uh, it's a, uh, it, it's a day that it, 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 feels sad today. More than with, you know, like, like uh, when a lot of other celebrities, and I don't know if you call the queen a celebrity, I suppose she is, when a lot of other celebrities die, you may think, oh, you know, there's, that's sad that they're gone, but you don't really feel something. What, for whatever reason, I, I, I feel something today. Maybe you do too. It's a little bit different. And again, it's not like, She was going to live forever. We knew this was coming at some point, but it was, uh, when you woke up this morning, if you did, or when you turned on your radio and you heard the news that Buckingham palace had said the queen, they were concerned about the queen's health. I think, uh, I think we all knew what that was code for. So we all sort of thought that that's where today may end up going, but yeah, it's, um, it is a sad day. Again, whether you like the monarchy or not, and, and, you know, there's, there's always going to be the idiots who are on social media, whatever, deciding to take pot shots, but even people who by and large aren't fans of the monarchy, aren't fans of the institution have been saying, yeah, but you know what? This was a woman that you can respect. You could respect that. You could say this, this was a good person who did what she did as best she could for her country. We're going to talk a lot uh, over the next couple hours about the Queen, including giving you a chance to have your say on this. We are for a bit in the second hour going to step away a little bit from the Queen. We're going to talk about something uh, to do with our country. We may tie into the Queen, I suppose, but there are those who say based on, you know, that the government is meeting, having their annual meeting in British Columbia. And Justin Trudeau today said He's going to run, he's going to lead the party into the next election, which is leading some to think we may see a snap election this fall, while Pierre Polyev is still, assuming he wins, getting his feet wet. We'll talk about that, but most of today, much of today is going to be about the Queen. As always, the first segment of the show is brought to you exclusively by fox40shop.com for sport and for safety. It has to be Fox 40 Shop. Enter the promo code RADLEY at checkout and you will get 25% off your order. In case you haven't been by your radio or by the TV or online or wherever else today, um, let us set up what we're going to be talking about. Uh, Let's go to Jeff Semple from Global News um, with a look at the life of Queen Elizabeth. In an ever-changing world,
2: she was a rock of stability. Queen Elizabeth II famously said she had to be seen to be believed. For her diamond jubilee, millions came to see Britain's oldest, longest reigning, and most beloved monarch.
3: She's probably the most famous woman in the world, probably the most admired
2: woman in the world. Her reign was as long as it was unexpected. Born Elizabeth Alexandra Mary on April 21st, 1926, she was still a child when her uncle, King Edward VIII, abdicated the throne suddenly elizabeth's father was king and she was next in line the young princess made this promise
0: i declare before you all that my whole life whether it be long or short shall be devoted to your service
2: that devotion to duty would be her hallmark she was a teenager when europe went to war and begged her father to let her help first with her wartime radio broadcasts
0: finding the view in this country have had to leave your
2: home and be separated from your fathers and mothers. My sister, Margaret Rose, and I feel so much for you. And later, joining the services as a driver and mechanic. During the war, she also met her distant cousin, Philip, serving with the British Royal Navy. They exchanged letters for seven years.
4: As onto the famous balcony came the bride and bridegroom.
2: Their Westminster Abbey wedding was broadcast over the radio to 200 million people around the world. The newlyweds never expected Princess Elizabeth was about to become queen. But when her father died unexpectedly from a heart attack, the 25-year-old was thrust onto the throne. Her coronation was one of the first televised public events. The young queen quickly showed a knack for protecting tradition while embracing change.
0: I very much hope but this new medium will make my Christmas message more personal and direct.
2: Her reign spanned 14 British and a dozen Canadian Prime Ministers, from Pierre Trudeau's famous pirouette to Canada's second Prime Minister Trudeau.
0: Thank you, Mr. Prime Minister of Canada for making me feel so old.
2: (laughs) Her Majesty made 22 trips to Canada, the most of any monarch.
0: This country felt like a home away from
2: home. many credit the Queen's personal popularity for the monarchy's survival but at times she struggled to hold the family together three of her children divorced and after the death of Princess Diana in 1997 the Queen faced criticism for failing to join the public outpouring of grief Diana's youngest son Prince Harry and his wife Meghan retired from royal duties in February 2021 dealing a blow to the palace And a couple of months later, the royal family lost another member. Prince Philip died peacefully at Windsor Castle at the age of 99. At his funeral, a scaled-down affair in the COVID-19 pandemic, the queen sat alone in a pew, a widow after 73 years of marriage. But within days of her husband's death, Her Majesty was back to work, as always, keeping calm and carrying on. The last time the whole family appeared together on the balcony of Buckingham Palace was to mark the Queen's 90th birthday. Her Majesty beaming with pride as her great-grandchildren practiced their royal wave. Long-time royal watchers said they'd never seen the Queen look so pleased.
3: All the effort she's put in over the decades has paid off and the future looks assured.
2: The Queen is survived by three generations of future kings, all heirs to the British throne. Her legacy will endure, but for a woman who steered the royal family through three-quarters of a century, it's hard to imagine this place without her.
0: Jeff Semple, Global News. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show Podcast on 900 CHML.
1: It is, uh, it is an interesting day today. It's a sad day. It's an interesting day. I As I said to, to Scott Thompson last hour, I think it is fair to use the phrase, the highly overused phrase, it's a historic day. It is. It's all those things today with the passing of Queen Elizabeth. And Nathan Tidridge is someone, we've, we've had him on the show many times. We love having him on here. He is a teacher at Waterdown District High School. He's also someone who has written six books uh, about the crown in Canada and the monarch Keys, uh, and royal family's connection to this country he joins us now nathan thanks for doing this today
5: hey scott it's uh it's i was gonna say it's, it's great to be here but uh on un- unfortunate hmm. circumstances You know,
1: as we were in the commercial just about to come back in, I've got a TV on in the background, and there's stuff going on, of course, about the Queen. And it it struck me immediately. There was a a scene where I guess it was a birthday. I've got the sound off, so I'm guessing. But it looked like there were a bunch of celebrities singing, and Paul McCartney was standing behind her and sort of craning his neck to look (laughs) at the Queen. And it dawned on me, when Paul McCartney is trying hard to look at you because you're the big celebrity in the room, I mean, it's not an overstatement to say that Queen Elizabeth was, I think, the most famous woman in the world. Well, I think
5: so. Uh, I heard once that she is the most—her picture is the most reproduced on the planet. When you take into account all the different currencies and things like that, it, it, it's quite remarkable. She's she became iconic. You know, just the—you know—you'd you'd be um, it'd be hard pressed to find someone who wouldn't know who she is on the planet.
1: When did that happen? I mean, okay, you become iconic, I suppose, the second that you're born into the royal family because people know who yep. you are. And you become more iconic when you in, when you become the crown. Yeah. But when did she become the queen as we know her now, this beloved, and I think that's not an overstatement, this beloved figure that most people in Britain and many people around the world really, really
5: took to? When did that happen? I don't know if you can find a specific moment. I think it probably happened just kind of incrementally over an extraordinarily long reign. I mean, seventy years. So it, it, it just became a point where the queen was just always there, just this constant presence of stability, really, in a world that is um, is anything but. So I think it's I, I think it, it, it's kind of like when you realize after the fact, you go, "Oh my gosh, yes!" Like it. it She's this, uh, this constant presence that we just never really appreciated, but was always there. I don't know if that makes
1: does, sense. Yeah, well, it does. But I, so does that mean, because some people will say, well, that just means she's old fashioned and she's not changing with the times and she's anachronistic or whatever else. And others right. will say, no, it was very comforting that with all the changes that were going on, that there was one tether that you could always say was going to be in the same place.
5: Yeah, I think so. And I mean, when you look at the words that are just being dis- like that are describing her, I, sh- I hope they're not old fashioned. But, you know, someone who is dedicated to service, someone who is there to um, to f- kind of fulfill the needs of the different societies that she represented. Um, you know, we know very little about the personal person who wore the crown. She was uh, she was the queen to everyone, and that is not an easy role to fill. And so, in this world that's that's really about kind of individualism. I heard somebody describe the world today as kind of an angrier world. Um, you know, to have someone that was really dedicated to the service of others, uh, that's that, that's a, that's quite a wonderful thing, and I hope not old-fashioned.
1: And, you know, even that, uh, there will be those who will say, yes, service of others, sure. But look, she lived a lovely life traveling in first class and in royal whatever. And so, you know, how how difficult was it? And, and I got to say, though, uh, t- to those people, yes, I mean, I'm sure she was comfortable. I know she was comfortable. But when you watch what she had to do a lot, I mean, how many times can you possibly do an inspection of the guard or... <laughs> shake someone's hand who may or may not be interesting or smile. It was, it was a role that honestly, you're right. It, this is not something everybody could have done.
5: I had it described to me once that uh, when you meet the queen, it's a big moment for a lot of people, something that might be passed down through family or,
3: you know, right. uh, Yeah, it, it
5: becomes enshrined in lore, that sort of thing for that individual person. But for her, you could be, you know, the 10,000th person that yes. year. But you can't, she could, she had to, she had to be the person that you needed her to be at that moment, if that makes sense. Yeah, no,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody who did, everyone who met her, everyone who met her would have had that photo up on their wall or their mantle. Everyone.
5: That's right. And you can't have a bad day when you're, when you're being that for other people, you kind of have to set your own needs aside because that's. That's not what your role is. Your role is in service to others, and that's a really that's a hard concept to try to explain. But uh, and I think even harder to embody. But she did it, and she did it for for seventy years. I mean, hmm. it began with the Second World War. It's, it's just an extraordinary um, life when you when you sit down and actually consider it.
1: Yeah, I I mean, when she, I've I've often thought this. I mean, we've all probably watched The Crown, and so we have this fictional ish peek behind the curtain. So, but you get you thinking, and I've I've thought this before is after a day of that, of ceremony and everything else, when you come home and Prince Philip says, So, how was your day? And she goes, Yeah, another day of like the (laughs) same, another, it, 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 to be able, as you say, to, put on the face that says i'm thrilled to be here when you know she probably was anything but thrilled to be at some of these things it, right. that's 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 a gift
5: yeah and it the, is. the institution that she sits at the center of embodies so much history some good some bad and she has to own that that has that's part of 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 her role and that's that's a heavy responsibility for, for a person to bear, but she has to by virtue of her job and the, the privileges that come with it. And I think was she did ch- it pretty well.
1: Well, I I I and I would agree. And I would and as I was thinking this through today, I, I I think like a lot of people I would say that there in all that time there was one thing that comes to mind as a misstep, and that was the situation around Princess Diana. I think that probably right given her druthers, if she could have a do-over, she probably would. I mean, I think that even the Queen would probably say, oh, I could have done that differently and better. And a lot of people thought, I think then, in 1990, what was it, 6? 19 Around then? 96, 97,
5: I think, around there, yeah. Uh,
1: that maybe things were going to spiral and the, uh, the royal family was going to become, you know, out of fashion, more out of fashion. Or She yeah. revived it. Somehow she... I mean, that was a bad year or two. She somehow turned that around and that one misstep didn't end up, I don't think,
5: defining her. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Uh, I, absolutely. I mean, it, both her and I think her husband too were kind of critical in that, in in uh, having the, the crown adapt to the 21st century while at the same time being that stability, like walking that tightrope. And they they did it. Pretty well, and I think shows like The Crown. The reason why they're so um, so interesting for people is because there's they, still a mystery there, and you need that in this in this institution uh, in order for it to to be effective. And, and I think it, they, they were able to strike that balance, and it, that's it, it's extraordinary.
3: I mean, the history of The it Crown is. is
5: the history of people saying it's this is it, it's over, it's it's not going to mm. survive this, and yet it, it does continue on
1: let me um are you able to stick around for another segment yeah absolutely okay all right let's take a very quick commercial break we're gonna come back with more with nathan tidridge right after this stay with us
0: you're listening to the scott radley show podcast on 900 chml
1: it is the Scott Radley Show. We are chatting with Nathan Tidridge, a uh, historian, author, teacher, writer of six books on the royal family and its connection to this country, uh, talking obviously about the death of the queen today. If you're just tuning in and you somehow have been out of range of any media today yes queen elizabeth died today i can't believe there's a person alive who doesn't know that yet but um anyway uh nathan let's get into some of the nuts and bolts of this then because there's some stuff that happens now that's i think it's pretty interesting because very very few people in this country have been alive to see it happen before almost everybody who's alive today almost everybody has only ever known queen elizabeth so it's it struck me as sort of stunning today to realize that when the queen drew her last breath, instantly before anything else happened, Prince Charles was immediately King Charles. We have a king as of this moment.
5: Yeah, the uh, the the crown passes instantaneously uh, from the from the queen to Charles. Um, uh, that's just a matter of a uh, fact, uh, both legally within the United Kingdom, uh, but Canada as well as as other Commonwealth realms. So when we, and I mean, it's probably
1: a bad example, but when JFK was assassinated, we've all seen the picture on the plane of Lyndon Johnson taking the yep. oath to then become president. Did Prince Charles immediately with someone in the castle have to take some kind of oath or something?
5: No, uh, there's no oaths that are taken or anything. It's it, it's literally like a nanosecond uh, that, that uh, it happens, that upon the death of, of the queen, the king, he would be the the automatic um, the automatic successor. Um, so there's no proclamations that need to be made, no laws that need to be passed passed or anything like that. There will be you know different ceremonies and things like that that will that will happen both here and uh, in, in other parts of the Commonwealth and in the United Kingdom. But um, they're basically confirming what has already happened.
1: Hmm. And, and I heard today. And this would be so, uh, like, I know it, when I say it's awkward, we're not in this family, so it's a little different, but yeah. immediately, apparently, uh, when this happens, all of the other, his siblings and children everyone would have to take a knee and kiss his hand, which is, again, it's sort of a thing you do, but that, I mean, imagine, imagine this was your family and your sibling, <laughs> you now have to bow to your sibling. I mean, talk about a... Uh, an act of sacrifice if they were to do it. And I assume they did, but that, it's just, it's, it's so, it's just such a strange thing to contemplate.
5: Yeah, it is. I mean, we have to consider the office. And so if I, if I talk about it, like from a Canadian perspective, if we look at something like, for example, treaties, treaties with indigenous peoples, they're with the crown because the crown's unending, undying, it lasts forever. And so it's the assumption of that mantle, those responsibilities that uh, for in my case in the example I'm giving treaties uh, 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 embody it within that person and so it's it instant and so that's why they there's kind of there's the human that's wearing the crown but then there's the office or the the, the the sovereign and all of these things come with that and that's where the any type of ceremony or protocols or reverence is to it's not to the person uh, but it's to the kind of the role that they now hold in, in all of these, you know, relationships that are right right right. across the world.
1: Yeah. And, and and you know what, maybe the siblings, we don't know, maybe the siblings are thrilled and relieved that they don't have to take this on. And so it's like, if I got to take a knee and kiss a hand, but I don't have to do what (laughs) he's going to have to do, maybe that's fine. But for some people, if you really wanted it, boy, that would be a tough thing. Um, Okay. So now at some point, Uh, we are going to have a coronation, which, again, most of us Mm -hmm. have never seen. We've maybe seen some grainy black and white clips of Queen Elizabeth's coronation. By rules and proclamations and everything else, is it written in stone how that's done, or does it get modernized for a modern time? Or will Prince Charles' coronation essentially look exactly like his mother's was?
5: I think they'll try and strike some kind of a balance, but I think you, you will definitely see some, some changes to it to reflect, you know, that it's a very different time from 1952. Uh, you know, the, the Commonwealth, the, the, the different realms will probably, like, how will they be represented? Uh, Britain itself is much more multicultural, multi-faith, as is Canada, um, so how will that get reflected? You know, there'll be all of these things that will be taken into consideration. I mean, remember in 52, I think it, it, they, they considered it radical that it was televised. So now, right. you know, we're living in, a, in, a, in an era where, you know, live streamed or pot, you know, all kinds of different ways in which it'll be broadcast.
1: Yeah, right. some world leader, Justin Trudeau, shows up with a GoPro strapped to his head to live stream it <laughs> right. back to the country. Uh, right. I don't think so, but, you know. No. Um, okay, so so we're going to have that, and that will be, I, do we know when that happens? Is there a time on that one that it has to be I, done I, by a certain time?
5: It doesn't have to be done by a certain time, but I would imagine it's probably going to happen certainly within a year. Um, they won't start talking about these things until after the funeral. Um, but uh, to be honest, I'm sure that all of these decisions have already been made that there's already um, a process that was enacted, um, you know, upon the, the, the Queen's death that is now kind of going through those motions. Um, so I would expect, I, I think with the Queen, it was a year that they waited. I, I don't think it'll be a year. I think it'll be a little bit shorter than that.
1: No, but okay, so you don't have to do it within a certain number of days so you could wait for, say, the good weather or whatever else to make sure that it's because a lot. it's going to be a big, big deal.
5: Yeah, and traditionally that's what they do, right? So Elizabeth, the Queen, she ascended in uh, February 6th when her father passed away, uh, but wasn't crowned until June Um, And and for that very reason. You want to have nice weather, you know, because there's typically a holiday and stuff like that. People don't want a holiday in February. They want one in June so Hmm. they can enjoy the nice weather and that sort of thing.
1: Before we get there, though, as you say, there's a royal funeral, which... um, You know, we've seen royal funerals before. Uh, and, I, I, you know, I don't know. It's not a competition. Uh, Princess Diana's funeral was was not a royal funeral per se, but it was pretty enormous. Um, yep. This, I assume, is going to be comparable, if not possibly bigger. Although I don't know if it'll be big. I don't know. And again, I don't think it's like keeping track and saying, oh, you yeah. won. But uh, this is going to be enormous.
5: I think so. I don't know if like the actual funeral itself will be you know, you know, the biggest funeral ever, but I think. No, no, but the, the
1: procession and the public stuff and everything else, I would think yeah, would I be think like millions. the
5: perception of it and the way that the public watches it, because it's really kind of, um, it's signaling really an end of an era, uh, and not just an era for, you know, Canada and the United Kingdom, but the world as well. She's the last head of state that participated in the second world war, um, the era that she was born into and, and became queen in just really doesn't exist right now. And for a lot of us, she kind of encapsulated our, our grandparents and great-grandparents. And so it, seeing her pass, there's this definite feeling now, and I think that was beginning to come in with the Platinum Jubilee because it was a little bit tapered, those celebrations, this realization that um, we're kind of crossing a threshold here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, uh, and I think that's what that's in 10 days, right? Is it? Uh, that yeah, one? I think it's in 10 days, 10 days. So that's a, somewhere I read said they're estimating, I can't remember the number now, but into well into the millions of people lining the streets, which is, you know, yeah. think about the, think about the Raptors championship parade. And they say there were 2 million for that. And we know what yeah. that looked like. And now imagine three or four, what that might look like through the streets of London. It's, um, yeah. It's a big, big deal, uh, Nathan Tidridge, Listen, okay. I, I know um, for those who don't, Nathan uh, agreed to jump on today, despite the fact that uh, you know he's he's had a bit of a a thing, and uh, I had a so, concussion, so I've been well, listening. Well, I didn't to want it to on say, the radio. but <laughs> uh, but we, we really appreciate you jumping on and uh, under the circumstances today, and uh, and helping out with this because it's it's a big day, and we appreciate your insights, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you,
5: Scott. Always take care.
1: Let's take a break, and when we come back, we are going to be talking to someone from the Monarchist league of this country. Where does the royal family go now? Where do Canadians see the royal family going in the future? And is King Charles the guy who sparks optimism in people about the future of the royal family? We'll do that next. Stay with us. You're listening
0: to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML.
1: Let's, uh, let's keep our conversation going about Queen Elizabeth. Uh, this is the story of the day, obviously, today. Uh, Robert Finch is the Dominion Chairman of the Monarchist League of Canada. He joins us now, Robert. Thank you for this today. I really appreciate your time. Just Scott. Thanks for having me. Uh, listen, uh, there's a few things I want to talk about, mostly looking forward. I mean, I I know, well, before we get there, uh, I want to give you the opportunity. What, what, what was your... When you think of Queen Elizabeth, if you were to, if someone were to say, explain who she was in a sentence or two, which is impossible, but what would you say? Well,
6: you know, I think that she was a woman that personified history. Uh, she, she lived through, you know, decades and a, a decades of change when it comes to democracy, like the world history, uh, technology, uh, culture, uh, and she was sort of that constant, uh, uh, the constant in that, uh, in that changing world and I always like to think of Queen as probably. I uh, don't think of her necessarily of this way when they look at her. But I always said the Queen was the world's greatest statesman. Um, she had a, a way of uh, doing quiet diplomacy that was able to. Uh, she was able to effect change around the world, all for the good. Yeah, whether it's just simply having an idea that she would, uh, uh, you know, prop in the in the in the ear of a prime minister, or whether she was simply a sounding board for. A prime minister, so she she had some skills that a lot of people uh, just don't have, and I've I know one thing I'm saying today a lot is that if people strive to be like the Queen, we would be a lot calmer, a lot gentler, and a better society Mm -hmm. for it. So,
1: so where do we go? I mean, I wanted I wanted to talk to you about this because I mean, not not to move too quickly forward, but as I was just talking with Nathan Tidridge a moment ago, it's sort of a stunning thing that the moment she passes away, Charles becomes king. Like there is no time in between to contemplate the past and the present. It is, it happens immediately. Is, is King Charles someone that you look at and you say, you know, I feel very optimistic about the future of the monarchy with King Charles at the helm of it?
6: Yeah, 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 I do actually. Uh, And I think that's, you know, one thing that's the beauty, that's the beauty of, of the monarchy and of the crown is that there's, there's never a, vacuum of power, if you will. Uh, so it's not like a, a U.S. presidential election, for instance, where people are still arguing months after the fact <laughs> whether the results yeah. are correct or not. Uh, there is no vacuum of power. The minute the Queen dies, uh, the, the, the 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 next uh, monarch um, uh, takes over. I mean, there's some official proclamations and all that sort of thing that happens, but there's never there's never not a monarch, uh, if you will. So that's kind of uh, a kind of uh, a reassuring uh, thing when it comes to stability. When I look at Charles, uh, the, the king, and it's—I mean—it's still weird saying it, but it's—it it's really is. It really out. is. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I look at a man who, uh, whose ideas, whose visions, whose actual uh, work, uh, really align with uh, the values of modern Canada. Uh, so here's a guy who uh, thinks very highly of the environment. Uh, a guy who talked about uh, climate change way before uh, the rest of us did. Uh, A man who has put his money where his mouth is when it comes to promoting indigenous language and indigenous culture. Uh, A man who thinks the environment is extremely important, something to to treasure. A man who uh, has a a charity here in Canada and in other countries that uh, sort of uh, uh, promote uh, young entrepreneurs. So, So these are all things that... Uh, if you if, if you if you learn about them and you realize uh, a little bit about them, they they resonate with uh, with young Canadians. We sometimes have to do a better job of telling that story, but uh, that story is there.
1: Yeah. And and the reason I ask is because, and you've heard this, I'm not telling you something you don't know. There are those who, you know, Charles has had some hiccups in his life with Diana and with other things and Camilla and, you know, a lot of people maybe don't see him as, I don't know if this is the right word, but as charming perhaps as his mother was. And so... You know, when when you're in that position, it's probably very helpful to be beloved. It's probably it's probably a difficult job to hold if you're not all that popular. And I don't know where that is with him, but
6: yeah, probably. It, I, think, it, I
1: think, and there's an element there's an element of truth there for sure. And I think, and
6: that listen, Charles is not perfect, but who who in the world is right? I true. mean, uh, a lot of people have gone through a divorce. A lot of people have have have. have uh, uh, you know where are the wounds on their arms? So he he no, he's he's not unique in that sense. Um, and in some in some cases, you know the 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 past sort of uh, uh, in in many ways uh, reflects a changing world, a world that has, that changed. Uh, so uh, and the royal family went through that change and got through it uh, just fine. He had a bit of a challenge. The challenge I it, it's always going to be it's always going to be the case is that when the queen. Uh, Ascended to the throne. I mean, she was a young, twenty-year, twenty-something-year-old, uh, charming woman. Charles is in his seventies. He's a much—he's—it's uh, a, it's a much different uh, circumstance than uh, what the Queen had back in 1952. But that said, that said, and you know what I've seen uh, today. Uh, I, I see uh, a, a sort of a, a a little bit of a rallying cry around uh, around Charles, and uh, I, I think he has a, a great opportunity tomorrow. I think he'll make a uh, I think he's supposed to be making a, a television address. I think that will be uh, a great uh, opportunity for him to uh, sort of uh, reintroduce himself now as as the monarch, and he'll be visible <laughs> front and center. Uh, in the in the days ahead and that sort of thing that, that you know that sort of uh, imagery I think is gonna play very well for him and I think he and'll and
1: need that Robert that's really interesting about tomorrow and that thing because like there is other than the queen I mean every everybody in the world knows who Charles is like it's not like it's a first impression but I do think that tomorrow is sort of a new first impression if he comes on yeah. and hits the right notes and is looks human, and I mean, by that being, you know, sort of sad about mum and not just totally stiff upper lip and all the rest, like it doesn't matter. He has a chance, I think, to make a new first impression that could change a lot of how people maybe see him.
6: I agree with that assessment entirely, and I have held that view for years. A lot of people who have told me that, okay, well, once the queen dies, we can now move forward and we can now become a republic and, and whatnot, have you. And I said to them, I said, listen, you know, not for me as a monarchist to 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 explain to you what a republican strategy should be. If you think though that uh, uh, King Charles is your ticket to republicanism, you knock yourself out and go down that road, but I think you're underestimating the emotional response that people Will have upon the queen's death, and we're seeing that. We saw it today. I think we'll see it in the days ahead. And as you know, as we are, t- are talking about, that address is cr- is critical.
3: Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. you
6: start seeing it already, I mean, we, we, we sort of you know to get to, to today going on um, you know Twitter, follow, you know, seeing a, a message from His Majesty the King. There it is. It's already that brand that's already it's you know taken taken hold in your mind. And I think most people, most people are human. Most people are understand death and the emotions associated with that. And we have to remember that, you know, not, not only as, uh, as, as Charles uh, as a prince and now a king, he's also a son that's uh, lost his mother. And there's a level of sympathy and a level of emotional support that comes with that that a lot of people probably haven't really appreciated.
1: Yeah, and, and I don't know if he, behind the scenes, is an emotional guy who might cry, but if... If the, even if that's not him, if he has any acting skills at all and could squeeze out a tear, I, I mean, honestly, I'm not being ridiculous. Uh, in, in this world, that would go miles to showing him as a human with sympathy that we want to rally behind. I really think that.
6: Yeah, I yeah, well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I agree, I, I, and I think that they will strike the right balance uh, tomorrow. Uh, this this has been uh, uh, th- th- this is something that uh, uh, I'm sure has been discussed and uh, mm-hmm, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I think that that will strike the right balance tomorrow. And uh, I think you know to be able to garner sympathy and respect at the same time that will do that that, that that's yeah. a great skill to have and a great opportunity
1: for him. Robert, we got to run in just a second, but uh, one piece of practical uh, stuff that I want to ask about: Do in Canada? Does the Royal Canadian Mint now sort of instantly have to begin producing King Charles money?
6: That's great. I think it's funny. You're the, you're the third person that's asked me that question today, and uh, I, you know there, there will be a time for that. Uh, it's probably it's probably uh, it's probably a, um, a question that would have been on the front and center of people's minds more let's say, 10, 15 years ago when people were using hard currency a little more than uh, than uh, cards and plastic or whatnot have you. But, yeah, in time, that sort of uh, thing will happen. Effigies will be updated. Uh, logos will be updated. Uh, portraits will be updated. Yes, Think of how many in every government of office. Queen, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, Think of how many portraits of the Queen are out there. They will gradually need to be um, uh, to be replaced. The twenty dollar bill. What happens to the twenty dollar bill? There's a conversation. I heard somebody mm. say today. It was like, I, I, I had something that I could probably get behind. Someone said, you know, "Why do we have to change the twenty dollar bill?" Right. I mean, we <laughs> we can keep the queen on the twenty dollar bill. What a great yeah, We have old thing. prime
1: ministers. We have Absolutely. long gone prime ministers. Why not the queen? Yeah, it's fair. Absolutely. You know, and and. Right. We gotta run. But yeah, I mean for, for so many people who would still be spending it, they lived through the Queen. It's not like she yeah. was a non factor to them. It's it's a there's a lot of stuff to get to. Uh we'll be yeah. talking about this. We've got days because the the process is uh, is yeah. just beginning. Robert Finch is the Dominion Chairman of the Monarchist League of Canada. Really appreciate you taking some time today. Thank you. My pleasure. Take care. We will go to the news when we come back. We're going to change tone a little bit and talk about some stuff that is going on in politics here in the country about whether or not we're facing a snap election in the fall. And after that, we will go back to the Queen and we will give you your opportunity uh, to talk about her a little bit. We'll open the phone lines. We'll do that after this. Stay with us.
0: You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML.
1: Hour number two of the Scott Radley show. Thank you for being here today. Really glad that you are along with us. Later this hour, we are going to be returning to discussion about the passing of Queen Elizabeth. We're going to be opening the phone lines and letting you have your say. We'll be asking about the Queen and about the future of the monarchy. And as I say, letting you, you've been listening a lot today to all kinds of people. I want to give you your opportunity to have your say on what has been a, Again, I, I it's, a, it's a cliche more often than not, but I don't believe in this case it is a historic day. Uh, we'll get to that later in the show. Uh, while we're talking about the Queen, by the way, just before we move on, your quiz question today, it had to be about the Queen, right? It had to be. Here's your quiz question for today. In which country was Elizabeth when her father died and she became Queen? She was on a tour outside of the United Kingdom. In which country was she? when she became queen 905-645-3221 or star 9900 matt is in today matt will take your name and your guest so give him uh, give him that one if you know it's a tough one but some of you will know that one Uh, all right so pivoting just for a bit uh because i wanted to get to this it was another story from today that um seemed very, um, it, well, caught my attention amidst all the other stuff that was going on. We, we You know that the government is meeting out in BC right now for their annual meeting. And one of the things that came up was that the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, announced, I'm going to be leading this party into the next election. There had been thoughts that maybe, you know, after a few, what is it, seven years now, eight years in government, with maybe his popularity waning, that he would step aside and let someone else, Christopher Freeland or someone, take over. And no, he says he is going to lead the party into the next election, which is fine. But why mention that now, unless, as some predict, with the Conservatives probably electing Pierre Polyev this weekend to be their leader, unless maybe there's a thought that, well, while Polyev is still getting settled and getting his feet wet, maybe this fall is a chance to call a snap election and see if we can grab that majority government again. Tim Powers is uh, chair of Summer Strategies. He joins us now. Tim, thanks for doing this today. I really appreciate it. God, good to be with you. I know the answer to the quiz. What do I win? What do I win if I tell you?
7: I won't. I won't ruin a you, for your list.
1: That's okay. Well, and I'm sure you do. You 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 win the knowledge of your <laughs> all-time genius that you knew that one. Um look, th- this 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 story at at first blush you say, "Okay, this is ridiculous because they've got the NDP in their pocket vowing to prop them up until 2025 and you know, they can do whatever they want." Essentially, why bother risking it? But is there something there that you think could lure them with Poliev not settled yet that maybe you go, this is our chance and we got to do this? I, I'm sure it's a, an
7: option they're thinking about. Look, I've never believed the prime minister
1: um, and the liberal government were
7: going to go till 2025. There's just too many variables that make that highly unlikely. So on his statement first, uh, I mean, that's just basic politics I would suggest to you in some ways. Uh, this city, Ottawa, you know, it's more gossipy than, uh, the, than the gossip in Hamilton on the night before a Tide Cats game about whether you're <laughs> going to win or lose and who's going to start at quarterback. But here it's he's going, he's going or he's not going. Um, so he's got to say to his cabinet, he's staying, uh, because no leader is going to tell you they're going until about five minutes before they're actually going. So that's just basic politics. But I do think the liberals are putting all the options on the table for themselves they've had as you know not the greatest number of months over the summer from challenges at the passport offices to issue with visas to airports to health care to uh... You know, just just appearing to be very tone deaf not connecting on what to do with inflation so i think you know the old school thinking would be alright and this is something john crutchin actually did to stockwell day in the early two, in 2000, before this guy gets known, before he potentially gets some momentum, before he gets a chance to establish himself, maybe we try and take him out politically. That is, uh, so I, I I don't discount it. I'm not sure. I believe it could be as early as the fall, and you know the 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 sad death of the Queen is going to mess with. The political timetable a little bit now, too. It may even impact the, the announcement of the conservative leadership race. But it, it's, you know, I'm, I'm sure they are, long answer of, of validating your theory. Yes, I think they're contemplating options, but I'm not sure they're there yet and if they're certain that it would work because they need a reason. And what's their reason?
1: that's a very good question um and you know i mean I, I don't know what would be the uh the thing i'm sure they could find something but i want i want to go back to something you just said a moment ago when i when we started and that was you said every leader will always say i'm sticking around until the last minute but you don't necessarily have to say anything like there's no election scheduled for a year so trudeau mm. wouldn't have to have said anything about it would he Except there's a lot of posturing going on right now in the federal liberal party.
7: Uh, as you see in every story you read about Chrysia Freeland and some of the radio stories and you hear on the TV stories you watch or videos you see, there's always a mention future leadership candidate, um, Francois-Philippe Champagne, the industry minister, same thing. So I think at, at a minimum, he wants to remind people he's still the boss and he's calling the shots. Leaders do that uh even if their game plan is is to step out. So there's the, the but the the scuttlebutt here is that he's go, was going to go, right? Or was in the process of thinking about it because he hasn't looked entirely interested this summer. So he's responding to that. Um, so that's why that is being done in a, in a more forceful way than it has been done now. And look, maybe in his head he is thinking, I can go a little earlier. I don't have to wait three years, go in terms of fight a battle with Polyev. I like campaigning. I could beat him. Um, so he's perhaps sending a message to his own party. Look, we might be going sooner rather than later, so you got to lift up your socks now. So that it doesn't look like it's a self-interested election because let's remember from the election of last year scott he got a lot of criticism for trying to cash in on um the whole matter of his governance over the pandemic and other other premiers premiers had done it made one bar one so he he got a lot of criticism for having a self-interested election which almost cost him the election so he's got to be very careful this time how he sets a trap if he intends to set a trap for an election
1: yeah and and i'm you know like again maybe i'm just being naive here but i don't look at the liberals right now and justin trudeau as being in the position where if you decide to call an election that you're believing it's a lock like, I've got pocket aces, and all I need is one more good card to come up, and I'm going to crush them. I I, I think there would be a, a fair amount of risk to do that right yep. now for them.
7: There is, but then they're weighing that with, all right, you know, if we stay till 2025 and we keep going the way we're going, and, you know, this summer is repeats itself over three more summers, we've got no chance. Um, so, he, again, it's a message to keep all options open. Most certainly it's not locked, but I think they're also – they haven't quite figured out Polyev. They know the Pierre Polyev, they loathe an opposition who can be a real pain in the butt, and they don't view as being leader-like material. Polyev will, no shock, Scott, will probably win on Saturday. Uh, whether people like Polyev or not, I'm not necessarily his biggest fan. I know the guy. I haven't enjoyed his politics over the last number of months. He uh, He's on to something. So, you know, they may be underestimating Polyev. though the one thing that's happened this week among all the other news stories, and there have been so many and many of them so sad, is poll came out and said that 70 percent of Canadians are not prepared to support politicians who were cozy with the convoy. Well, guess who was cozy with the convoy? Uh, And the liberals may have that as uh, something they're thinking of building a narrative around.
1: And yet, there was a poll a couple of weeks ago that said you know a whole lot of younger people were jumping on the Polyev train. So I mean, again, it's like, all right, which yeah. if you're going to call an election, which poll do you believe strongly enough is pointing in your favor that you want to trust? Because they seem to be pointing in all different directions right now. So pick which one you believe and go with it. Well, and and just adding to your theory, okay? So yeah, that's that'd be thin gruel
7: if you only went on that. Then there's the economy. Um... I mean, Polyev, as simplistic as it may be, and is perhaps insulting as it is to some, has tapped into this vein of talking about inflation in human terms. And I have yet to meet a person who tells me they're enjoying this moment when, you know, if they have a veritable mortgage, it's gone up. If they have a line of credit for a business or for some other investment, they're paying more now. Food is up 10 percent over what it was a couple of years ago. Like, it's tough out there. And. Trudeau and his team to date seem tone deaf on this. Now, they were supposed to roll some things out today, uh, but of course, the death of of the Queen prevented that from happening. They will come. But is that enough to uh, assuage people who are really angry and really worried about their lot in life because it's very expensive to live at the moment?
1: Look, I I am so rarely on to something where I say I was right that time, but I'm going to take credit this time because back in the last election when Aaron O'Toole was running, I said, look, if you're the conservatives, the losing strategy is to let yourself get dragged into all the weeds Mm. of all the stuff that they want to throw out there and tie you up in. Go to the economy stick with the economy, ignore the other slings and arrows. They'll fall away if people care about the economy and you position yourself as the party of the economy. I On that one, I still think that I'm right. And it's amazing because Paulyev has kind of done that. Forget all the other crap that they may want to tag you with. We're going to talk about the economy. And if you're suffering at home right now, that is going to resonate.
7: Well, it's something James Carville said 30 years ago. Remember him? He was the campaign. Yes, and I remember Mr. the line. Bill Clinton it's the economy stupid and Polyev has rode that horse over the last six months i mean he was getting nailed and i thought he should have been for the kind of gimmicky just inflation thing but because you know people weren't necessarily paying attention to the gimmick but more some of the substance in the apparent gimmick about what it was costing them to live uh he's Developed an audience, and you talk about those younger people. Well, who who's going to have more difficulty now buying a house? Exactly. Uh, who's going to have more difficulty paying down? Um, more expensive mortgages because they're in their early days of their economic and personal journey. It's these young people who, and they feel Trudeau hasn't, Trudeau who did well in in mass with millennials and Gen Z before is not as popular as he once was. That has to be terrifying for the liberals because that's how they won their majority in 2015. It's kept them in power. But if Polyev cuts into that crowd... Uh, across the different cohorts, the Liberals will legitimately be in trouble.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, there's no doubt that Justin Trudeau as Prime Minister has danced between the raindrops of different scandals (laughs) and somehow not gotten wet. And it's amazing when you think about it, because most other politicians with the blackface or with the Aga Khan or Mm -hmm. with the Indigenous Day or with the whatever, the Kokani grope or whatever, would have been done and gone and we would have long forgot he has somehow done this but when you are seen i think as not being understanding or doing anything or receptive to people's problems with their money and being able to put food on their table or whatever suddenly that's the thing that may end up i don't know maybe that's the thing that topples them i don't know i don't know but it's suddenly all the social stuff seems all that important but my problems if you don't, if you don't understand my problems, I'm I'm going to turn my back on you. Seems to and be we, the answer. To use there. a
7: good to use a good Newfoundland phrase, Scott, we were all a bit crusty anyway, right? Coming out of this pandemic and being locked up, and uh, uh, while they in my view, the restrictions and things were generally sensible and appropriate, people are still angry. So we were not quite out of the pandemic. We're a little nervous about what might happen with our kids in the fall, and then. The cost of everything is skyrocketing. <laughs> That's not a good recipe for, for the leadership of government. What the Trudeau Liberals are hoping though is what a lot of the polls have showed uniformly, you know, conservatives love Polyev. Most of the rest of the country either doesn't know him or what they see they don't like. So it wouldn't shock me entirely again when we get past grieving the Queen and understanding the importance of her legacy that we see the the liberals trying to what Stephen Harper did to Mike Ignatieff and, and Stéphane Dion so well are hard pressed to define uh Polyev. and if you see that Scott then maybe your theory is right if they come out hard on that maybe they're looking to go to the polls sooner particularly if they feel it's getting traction
1: just before i let you go if that were to happen and if they decide to go who is the biggest loser? I think that was a TV show on upon a Time, but who is the biggest loser in that? Would it be Polyev if he gets defined and has to go to the polls early? Is it Trudeau who suddenly has to go to the polls early to try and claim a majority? Or is it Jugmeet Singh who suddenly, you know, looked Thanks. like he was the guy who was going to hold the fulcrum of power and is now like, well, what am I doing here?
7: Yeah, Singh's already in trouble with some of his new Democrats. As you know, you probably hear talk to a lot of them in Hamilton where there's a strong base of new Democrats. They they don't think he's managed this deal and relationship well, and he hasn't gotten results as quickly as they would have liked. Singh would be the biggest loser um i think because i don't see a you know a 2011 scenario playing out where trudeau support uh, the then leader agnative support would crumble and the, the ndp would advantage would take advantage of it as mr Leighton did so yeah i think singh could get squeezed out in a play
1: like that tim powers uh chair of summer strategies always appreciate your time today tim thanks for doing this good to talk to you scott bye It is, uh, it's an interesting idea. It's, well, an idea, it's an interesting thought and a number of people are throwing it out there that just some tea leaves that are lining up are giving a hint that maybe we could be heading towards an early federal election. Um, (laughs) You know, I'll say this, uh, the prime minister, if he does that, I, I would suggest as a small bit of advice, although heaven knows he's not gonna take my advice. We've had a federal election. We've had a provincial election. We're going into a municipal election. I'm really not sure there's an overwhelming appetite to go back to the polls right away. I re- You'd better have a compelling case if you're going to do this, because I- I'm not sure that people are eager right now. And unless you can, remember the last election, he says, this was the most important of our life. And I don't know that people bought that one. Uh, unless you come up with a really good reason, I'm not sure people are going to be too happy about it there is a there is a point at which politics becomes exhausting we may have already reached that we're going to take a break uh, we're going to come back with the quiz question and then we're going to talk to you about the queen you've been listening and thinking all day about the queen and about the future of the monarchy and the past of the monarchy back after this
0: you're listening to the scott radley show podcast on 900 CHML
1: so through the show today, for much of the show, we have been talking about the death of Queen Elizabeth. Now it's your turn. Uh, we're going to open the phone lines, 905-645-3221 or star 9900. We have for, well, you know, they, they say don't speak ill of the dead. and And I don't think that there's anybody who would possibly speak ill of Queen Elizabeth. So the, the, the things that are being said, the kind things, the glowing tributes, I really don't believe that these are simply, well, someone died, so we got to find something nice to say about them. I, I don't believe that at all. I believe that there is a legitimate, widespread, worldwide admiration for Queen Elizabeth and what she did for the last 70 plus years. I really do. I don't think any of this is just forced or made up or driven by polite, good manner kind of things. I I think it's legit. I think it's, it's honest what people have been saying about her, but I also know that there for years now has been, um, a fear. I don't know if the word is fear, a comment that, you know, when the queen dies, hopefully a long time off, but when the queen dies, the monarchy could be facing a bit of a crisis because Prince Charles, now King Charles, doesn't have the same belovedness. I don't think that's a word, but we just made it one. Well, you know what? That's been talked about for a while. Here we are. Here we are. So what about the monarchy now? I want to hear from you about the Queen, if you've had experience or if you just want to talk about the Queen and, you know, the the, the life she lived and the work she did. I'm happy to hear that. But also, where do you think it goes now? Has it, it, At this moment, at the moment that she drew her last breath midday today, when she ceased to be the monarch and Prince Charles became King Charles, did the monarchy change? in a way that may be concerning if you're a monarchist. Or maybe uh, maybe like Robert uh, Finch who we had on earlier, you say, you know what, I, I think Prince Charles, now King Charles, has not necessarily been given his due. He's a man who is perfect for this role at this time. What do you think? 905 3221 or star 9900. Brian is waiting to come on. Brian, how are you this evening? I'm good, Scott. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Where are you on the... First of all, I mean, what did you think about the Queen? Did you share the view that so many people seem to, a legitimate admiration for what she did?
8: i tell you what. I, I can only think of one word that describes Queen Elizabeth, and that's class. The woman sure. did everything right. with class. Um, she had an air about her that uh, people were drawn to,
1: and uh, like I said, it was just utter class. Um As far as I think you're right, I think you're right, Brian. That's a great word. I think you're right. But carry on. Yeah. Um, As far as the monarchy goes, I mean,
8: Chucky's got some big shoes to fill. I mean, (laughs) I wouldn't want to have to follow her. Um, And and the monarchy was in a not a crisis state, but it was in a shaky state already. And losing her and the strength that she drew from people to hold the monarchy together is uh it's it's gonna hurt the monarchy for sure i mean i'm it, nothing against charles he's got a little bit of you know he's got a tainted past but uh i just i don't know i i'm not really sure what it's definitely going to have an impact to what extent I'm not really sure
1: what it's well you're you're right. Brian, you're right about the big shoes. Unquestionably, that's true. Although that, you know, that part, I think we could say for anybody who takes over from anybody who's popular in the same role, you've got, you know, it's a tough thing to step in there and be the person. So
8: she's, she's beyond popular. I mean, the woman's been the queen for what, 70 years? I mean, most people have never known any other monarchy than her. And, uh, it's, it's definitely going to have an impact. I'm, like I said, nothing against Charles as far as, I mean, the man's been a member of the Royal Family since he was born. He, he, he knows all the ins and outs. He knows all the rules and, and legacies and whatnot, but it's it's still going to be tough. It's, and it's going to be, it's a major shock to the entire world, I think. Sure it is. Um,
1: and, and your other point, and I think it's a very good point as well, is uh, this is also a really tough time for whomever it was going to be but for for Charles now to step in here you've got First of all, I'm not entirely sure that the British public has fully bought into the whole Camilla as Queen thing. So you got that still to deal with. You got Prince Andrew and that mess that is going on with you know him being tied in with Epstein and all the rest. That's a that's a disaster. And now you've got uh, Meghan Markle over in California dropping bombs it seems every day on the royal family that you're going to have to deal with. And your son married to her and and that stuff that's going on. Like you're not exactly walking in on a red carpet with nothing to have to deal with right off the bat
8: absolutely absolutely true and uh, like i said it was you know it was shaky
0: <laughs>
8: before this you know before she passed and now it's even more amplified i think that uh, people are going to be looking for okay what are you going to do it's going to put a lot of pressure on him and uh, he's going to have to step up in order to uh, keep things tied together for sure for
1: sure brian i appreciate your call thanks for doing this today thanks for leading us off Thank you. Thank you. 905 uh, 645 or star 9900. I want to get your thoughts on this one. Um, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know King Charles. It sounds so funny. It's so weird to say King Charles. Uh, Anyway, I don't know, obviously, King Charles. And so I don't know if behind the scenes, since Harry is his son, Meghan is his daughter. I, I, I wonder if King Charles will pull Harry aside and say, look, Maybe your grandma didn't tell you this as directly, but you know, shut up, enough, right? You're killing us here. I I, I wonder if that discussion might be held now as the monarch, that uh, you know that he. I know his son is an adult. I know Harry's an adult. I know he's married. I know he's you know got his own voice. But I I wonder if Charles pulls Harry aside now in a new way and says a cork in it where we don't need more interviews with oprah that are throwing mud on the royal family whatever happened in the past well it'll be interesting to see fred is with us today fred how are you thanks scott what did you so before we get into your thoughts for going forward what did you what did you what were your thoughts about the queen well right
4: away the, just like that guy said the queen has had class and i like the way she always dressed She always had Nice outfits on. Nice hats, too. (laughs) If you're into hats, she
1: was your person.
4: Yeah. I wonder who's going to get all that clothing. Anyway, I uh, disagree with the queen passing on to her son as king. Because as what happened with Diana, she even said there was three in the marriage. And uh, I don't think it's right the way it is with uh, Charles. I think the queen should have passed her, her her son, and gave it to the senior grandson of Charles. King.
5: Ooh, not, ooh, not oh!
1: Throwing you're now you're really throwing full fire on this because I mean imagine that imagine the I mean the insult to now King Charles if you had announced you were by bi- and I don't even know if constitutionally she could have done that,
4: well, but imagine know, if but she I had. Think, I I think she could have because she had the reins, eh, of uh, him being in charge. And I think she could have. And I, I don't think the people in London, England really like Charles for what he did to Diana.
1: I would agree with that. And that's why I said a moment ago that I think there's still work to be done to convince the public about Camilla.
4: Yeah. I think quite a bit of work. So, so what, is, about,
1: what about going forward then, Fred? What about do you, do you I, think, I think that? It's
4: gonna, I, I think it's going to be tough. Because, like, the queen, everybody liked the way she was and did her job. And she went here and there. But when I saw the king here in, Can- in Hamilton, Canada, he-, he was different type of guy and a different person. He, he didn't have uh, any class. He just went along with the flow, like, you know. But uh, the queen, she was always presentable and she always showed how she liked the people And uh, when she came here with uh, Senior Trudeau to sign the Constitution and all that stuff, she had a lot of class at that time.
1: Uh, You know, I'll say this for for now, King Charles, with him and whatever people think about him in his defense, Uh, when you are not the king... You are always subservient. You're always second to the queen. So for him, maybe what we're going to see beginning tomorrow when he gives his speech uh, or gives his talk and his, his public address, sure. maybe we're going to see someone who has who puts a, his own unique human spin on things. And, and, and now that he's no longer in that shadow, although he kind of still is, yeah. but physically, maybe well, what we see is he's allowed to spread thread his wings a little, and you're going to see someone who's not exactly what we expected. Maybe. I don't know, but maybe.
4: Well, what I'd like to hear tomorrow, Scott, is that he passes it on to his, his son and forget about being king because <laughs> he's, 70, he's, he's in his 70s, and you don't know how long he's going to live, but by putting his uh, son up there a lot younger, we'll keep it going a lot longer.
1: I'll say one thing, Fred. Uh, nobody has ever had a longer apprenticeship for a job than he has. He, I mean, he should be great at it because no one has ever trained longer to take over. That's true, but I think the Queen said, "I don't want him to have it. I got
4: to stay alive." <laughs> it's well,
1: uh, it, th- Fred. Well, thank you for the call. It, it's a it's a it's a it's a good thing. It's it's an interesting one uh, for sure. Um, the idea of. Um, you know, how this is going to go for uh, for King Charles. Uh, Fred, thank you for the call. 905-645-3221 or star 9900. If you are interested in having your say on what's going on or what the future of the monarchy is going to look like, we've got a couple more minutes here if you'd like to have your say. I, I I really do have questions about this, especially in Canada. I think that we I think, first of all, there's an awful lot of people, and this is not insulting people's intelligence, I'm not trying to do that, but I think there's an awful lot of people who don't really get how our system works as a constitutional situation, monarchy, and so how difficult it would be to untangle ourselves. And so it's not simply, it's not as simple as just saying, you know, we're going to vote in the House of Commons and say no more queen. That That's not that it, 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 that's not that simple and so i i you know while there will be people who will say no we don't need a queen that's fine but it's it's a it's a complex procedure so complex i certainly don't have time or ability right now off the top of my head to explain all the things that would have to happen to disentangle us and even more so if people in the uk wanted to do this and there are polls at times it waxes and wanes at people at times say they really you know wanted the royal family to be gotten rid of and other times they really like it i'll say two things though about keeping it whether you're a monarchist or not and again i am not a monarchist per se i don't have plates of charles and diana or the queen up on the wall i don't follow every coming and going of the details of the royal family i am neither anti-monarchist I don't despise the monarchy. I don't hate it. I don't don't hope for its demise. I'll say two things about it. One, you got to be careful no matter where you are about how quickly you erase the traditions that made your country. So even if you're in Britain and you don't necessarily love the monarchy or even if you hate the monarchy, you got to be... It's a scary thing. It's a dangerous thing to simply say, we're going to obliterate that and get rid of all that. There is a, to me, I don't believe you have to hold on to every tradition. But I think there are traditions that you want to keep because they, in some ways, help to define your country and make it different from the rest of the world. And I think that having the monarchy makes England, makes the United Kingdom different. That's the first thing. And secondly, and far more practical and far more economic. I read something recently about how valuable the monarchy is for tourism, it is it is unbelievable how much money that brings in. You, again, you want to be careful about how quickly you get rid of that one. Let me give you your quiz question. We're going to come back after that with the answer and with an obituary from Global News about the Queen to wrap things today. Uh, your quiz question this evening, where did I put it? Here it is. In which country was Elizabeth when her father died and she became queen? It was not the United Kingdom. She was somewhere else in the world. Where was she? What country was she in when she became the queen 70 years ago? 905-645-3221, star 9900. Give a call. We're going to come back, wrap it up after this.
0: You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML.
1: Quiz question tonight was this. In which country was Elizabeth when her father died and she became queen? She was at the Treetops Hotel, Treetops Resort in Kenya. Kenya was the answer. Matt, did anybody know Kenya tonight?
8: Yes, uh, we've got uh, Russell, Hugh, Wayne, Sheila,
1: Mike, Thomas,
8: Paul, Sylvia, Stephen and Kwasin.
1: Very impressive. That's more than I thought. Well done. Uh, folks, we are going to send you off uh, for the end of the show today. We're going to play you Jeff Semple's obituary to the Queen. Jeff Semple from Global News. Uh, here is uh, Here are his thoughts on the Queen. Have a great night. We will talk to you tomorrow.
2: In an ever-changing world, she was a rock of stability. Queen Elizabeth II famously said she had to be seen to be believed. And over seven decades, with each passing milestone, thousands turned out to see Britain's oldest,
3: longest reigning
2: and most beloved monarch.
3: She's probably the most famous woman in the world, probably the most admired woman in the world. I mean, reigns span X number of years, and and she accepts and realises that this is phenomenal. This is the first monarch who's reigned through a modern media age She's reigned through so much social change, from the Cold War through the Jet Age, the Space Age, the Digital Age, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, I mean, you name it, she has seen pretty much the 20th century
2: at first hand. Her reign was as long as it was unexpected. Born Elizabeth Alexandra Mary on April 21st, 1926, she was still a child when her uncle, King Edward VIII, abdicated the throne. Suddenly, Elizabeth's father was king, and she was next in line. The young princess made this promise. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be
7: devoted to your service.
3: She made that speech when she was 21, saying that uh, however long her life was, she would uh, devote it to her country and to the Commonwealth. And she stuck to it, and I think that's why people admire her, because she really has stuck to her word.
2: That devotion to duty would be her hallmark. She was a teenager when Europe went to war and begged her father to let her help, first with her wartime radio broadcasts.
0: Thousands of you in this country have had to leave your homes and be separated from your fathers and
2: mothers. My sister, Margaret Rose, and I feel so much for you. And later, joining the services as a driver and mechanic, During the war, she had a chance encounter with her distant cousin, Philip. He was serving with the British Royal Navy in the Mediterranean and Pacific. They exchanged letters for seven years.
4: As onto the famous balcony came the bride and bridegroom.
2: Their wedding in Westminster Abbey in 1947 was broadcast on BBC radio to 200 million people around the world. The newlyweds never expected Princess Elizabeth was about to become queen. But when Elizabeth's father died from a heart attack, the 25-year-old was thrust onto the throne.
3: For the queen, it must have been devastating. She was out in Kenya, no expectation that this news would arrive, and she knew everything would change, her life, her family, and it would be duty from now on. Her
2: coronation was one of the first televised public events. The young queen quickly showed a knack for protecting tradition while embracing change.
0: I very much hope that this new medium will make my Christmas message more personal and direct.
2: Her first televised Christmas message in 1957 became an annual tradition. Half a century later, she was still at it, pushing the boundaries with her first tweet, even the occasional photobomb. But the rise of technology also meant the world was shrinking, and so too was her empire. More than 25 countries declared independence during her reign. Others loosened their ties, like Canada signing its constitution in 1982. Her reign spanned 12 Canadian prime ministers, from Pierre Trudeau's famous pirouette to Canada's second Prime Minister Trudeau.
0: Thank you, Mr. Prime Minister of Canada, for making me feel so old.
2: (laughs) Her Majesty made 22 trips to Canada. More than any other country.
0: This country felt like a home, away from
3: home.
2: Always taking time to meet and greet her royal subjects.
3: It was just awesome to look at her. Cool, once-in-a-lifetime gent.
2: Many credit the queen's personal popularity for the monarchy's survival. But one of her lowest points came during the mid-90s, after three of her children divorced and a fire gutted her Windsor Castle home.
0: It has turned out to be an annus horribilis.
2: After the death of Princess Diana, the Queen at first failed to join the public outpouring of grief. But she soon bowed to public pressure, delivering a heartfelt TV address and emerging the elder stateswoman.
0: So what I say to you now, as your queen and as a grandmother, I say from my heart.
2: And before long, that grandmother became a great-grandmother. The palace released this image of the Queen and Philip with seven of their great-grandchildren. The photo was taken in 2018 before the arrivals of Archie and Lilibet, named after Queen Elizabeth. Their parents, Prince Harry and Meghan, resigned their royal duties in February 2020, delivering a shock to the palace. And just two months later, the royal family lost another member. Prince Philip died peacefully at Windsor Castle at the age of 99. At his funeral, a scaled down affair in the COVID-19 pandemic, the queen sat alone in the pew, a widow after 73 years of marriage. But within days of her husband's death, Her Majesty was back to work, holding virtual royal audiences due to the pandemic, and as always, keeping calm and carrying on. One of the last times the family appeared altogether was to mark her platinum jubilee, celebrating 70 years on the throne. The 96-year-old was forced to miss some of the party due to health issues. And despite scandals surrounding some of her children, grandchildren, even the British Prime Minister, the Queen, as ever, seemed to rise above, making a surprise appearance on the balcony of Buckingham Palace.
3: To have held the country and the institution together all these years, to to be running a a hereditary institution that's as strong today as it was when she took over, I mean, that's, that's really what, the best she could have hoped for, um, and she's done that.
2: There by her side, three generations of future kings, all heirs to the British throne. Her legacy will endure, but for a woman who steered the royal family through three quarters of a century, it's hard to imagine this place without her. Jeff Semple,
0: Global News, London. The Scott Radley Show, weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML.